everybody. This is Marcia Reiner with Profit with a Plan podcast. I've got a special treat for you today with business owners that absolutely need to get some money or an influx of money into their business. I have expert Carl Baker on with me today on Profit with a Plan podcast, sharing some really valuable tips. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind, and you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as the Profit Booster and a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability guide your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have a great thing I want to share with you. This is only for my podcast listeners. And if you want to supercharge your business, avoid profit plateaus, operational headaches, and growth roadblocks, then I've created a brand new Profit Booster Playbook just for you, my podcast audience. You'll uncover five essential strategies and a quick way to take action on them. This is not just a single page report. It's a 25-page novella uh, that is filled with impactful strategies, actionable steps, and expert guidance to elevate your profits painlessly. So let's make 2024 your best year ever and go download this free playbook at, at boostingprofit.com. All right, listeners, I'm excited to have my guest uh, introduce you to my new guest. So this is Carl Baker. He's a CPA and has spent 30 years serving a variety of businesses. Carl has performed a wide array of services, including commercial loan advisory services, loan preparation, and positioning services. He's also an interim CFO and controller. Business office processing improvements, revenue stream analysts, and improvement initiatives. Carl has been able to do merger and acquisition analysis and valuations. He does due diligence, strategic planning, financial assistance, market demand assessments, and a whole bunch more, including tax planning and financial statements audits. Everything you would ever expect a CPA to do and more. So Carl is also the host of a new podcast called Infinite Returns. He talks about commercial real estate investing, and his podcast is talking, again, all things commercial real estate. So he is specializing in real estate investing, but he known, but he is a CPA and uh, is known as a consulting firm, Baker CFO Advisors. So Carl is a frequent speaker across the U.S. and throughout his career, he's been talking about strategic planning, new regulation implementation, and business planning. Carl, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Thank you, Marcia. Happy to be here. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Okay, so first of all, you have quite a um, full and diverse resume as a CPA and a commercial lender, but tell me, how in the world did you combine and marry the two? Uh, 
I, I sort of tripped over it, to be quite honest. I spent 25 years as a uh, in, in public accounting as a CPA, as an auditor. Um, and seven years ago, I got away from that and wanted to do more forward-looking, value-added stuff. Um, and so that's where I picked up the interim CFO, consulting. I have a small team that helps me with that, et cetera. And when I got out of the corporate world and got on my own and, and saw that I could earn a living and not go bankrupt, I, it sort of opened my eyes to other things that we could do. And I went back to my roots um, with that value-added sense. Uh, and then at, went really back to my roots. When I was 18 or 20, I wanted to be a banker. Um, and so I learned about the possibility of being a financing advisor um, and started doing that about four years ago. I spent most of, I spend most of my time doing that now. Love it. Love it. Quite a journey we take. And, and it's so funny, mm -hmm. all of us business owners have, you know, generally came out of some sort of corporate world uh, or business world and decided to go out mm -hmm. on their own. And I'm so glad to hear that you found something that's a lot more uh, interesting to you and, uh, you know, creates that forward movement. I know that so many CPAs and accounting people, um, and this is nothing against them. I love them to death. But what happens is they're always looking in the rearview mirror, right? right. When you said you yeah. wanted to go into the forward looking opportunity, yeah. I find that they're always looking backwards. What did you do last year? And how could we reduce the tax impact that you're going to have? Which is great if you're looking at the side of accounting that says, I want my books to look really bad, right? Um, but when you're trying to make your books look really good for your profits, or if you want to sell your company, looking backwards doesn't help. <laughs> so I love it, it that doesn't. you're now looking forward. Yeah, it doesn't. The, there's um, very specific training uh, in public accounting that teaches you to evaluate the accounting and the uh, the accuracy of the accounting. But by nature, that does force you to look back mm. to to make sure that the data is correct. And in theory, uh, in theory and in practice, you you use the backward looking data to help you understand potentially what's going to happen in the future. So that necessary data is there, but, uh, and that necessary view is, is a part of it, but of course. in, in reality, there is, there is still a jump to get from a historical review to the forward looking view. And it, it's a different skill set. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And mm -hmm. and I love that you're able to show both sides of it because I know that um, a lot of business owners rely so heavily on their accounting team to be able to help them make great decisions. But if they're only looking backwards, then it's really hard to make plans to go forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it, it is, it's, it's a completely different skill set to take the trends and the the backward looking view and to understand how that might relate to the future. Yeah. <laughs> and flip it around. Yeah. Well, awesome. Right. Well, speaking of the future and thanks for that. Um, a lot of companies I know, um, you know, we're kind of, we're in the beginning of the year right now. So focusing on, on, you know, the outlook that we have coming on a lot of business owners want to grow. And mm -hmm. when they want to grow, they often need some sort of support in doing it. Um, to grow the scaling side of it, because I, I'm a I'm a fan of looking at your growth and scaling like a Christmas tree. You've got yeah. 
you know, you grow up and then you scale out and then you grow up and you scale out. So it kind of has that shape of the Christmas tree. And so that scaling out takes money. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times the business owners haven't been able to, um, store a pocket full of it to to be able to invest in the scale that they have coming in. So that's why I wanted to bring you on today and talk about, you know, commercial financing and the things that are that are doing it and and often the things that are holding them back like their business credit. So what I'd love yeah. to do is if you don't mind take me a little bit around the business credit layout and how a business owner can improve their credit so they can get the financing that they're looking for to to scale and grow. Sure. Um, I, I think the way I would frame it first is to to say, I think it's a foundational exercise for any business owner. And you know, when I talk to startup uh, startup business owners, they oftentimes know the first thing they need to do is get an LLC or get their mm. corporate structure set up. Then they get a business bank account. Um, and they've been taught those are the two things. But I would actually, I tell people the third foundational exercise is to start to build business credits and get the financing uh, probably more than what you think you need in advance of when you actually need it. Um, and you don't really know about that until you trip over a need. I've had clients call me on a Friday and say they need um, they need some working capital. And I say, okay, when do you need it by? And one person said later yesterday. today. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. And, and that's a really bad situation to be in. So I think it's a foundational exercise to get that financing in place one, before you need it, and two, more than what you think you need. Mm, um, love it. And, and so then I would say, if you understand that, and if you're committed to that concept, understanding the universe of options of where your financing come from. So that the the five the, the five places where all financing comes from is money from friends and family. Number one. Um, Personal cash reserves, number two, and and maybe that's enough, maybe it's not. Three is getting an equity partner that has money that can help you. I call that the most expensive form of financing because you're giving up ownership, but mm. it's, a, it's a piece of it. Uh, mm-hmm. The fourth is some sort of term loans, maybe grants, but generally that bucket is a formal term loan. And then the fifth is um, is what I call unsecured lines of credit, business credit, which is a fancy way of saying business credit cards. And mm. um, a lot of people don't realize that that is a very legitimate and a major way that people can finance their business. My last thing I'll say is that when I'm talking to clients about this, I think it's important to understand that universe because that's your options. That's where you're going to get your money from. And even the famous purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, he's now devalued 71%. <laughs> I knew as I was saying it, that that was, um, uh, it's, it's not been a successful transaction technically, but when he bought that, he put funds together from one of those probably, probably not credit cards, but the other four components that's, he used that universe of options to put a, 
to put a deal together to purchase that company. So I just think it's important to understand the universe of options. Mm. And then and then you can make you can make your decisions based on based on that. Right. I love that. And and you know, there's not one and done. It's a it could be a combination of them or it could be totally. a series of let me get let me let me ask mom first, right? Or let me ask, mm-hmm. you know, friends and family or even crowdfunding is is mm-hmm. pretty popular these days to get people mm-hmm. to quietly loan you money or invest and give you money for it. Um mm-hmm. I hate the second one. I hate when you have to dig in your own pockets for 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 the the direction i mean most business owners seem to put their life savings into their company and then often um reduce paychecks and payroll to themselves so they can reinvest back into the company and i think that only hurts the business long long way down the line because you're never going to recoup that money you know, yeah. unless unless you have some sort of a unicorn sale where where mm-hmm. you you're given a lot more you know more multiples of your company, but yeah, I, I just it bothers me that they take it away from themselves first instead of finding these other great alternatives that you just mentioned as as solutions to get some money on it. Um, yeah, but I, I think, think it's, money's uh, necessary. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, it, it's, um, having a lot of times people start with using their own cash reserves. Actually, what a lot of people do is they'll start by using personal credit cards, which Mm -hmm. really is a, a problem. Um, instead of using their cash reserves, which they may or may not have, they use personal cash, personal credit cards, not knowing the difference between a business credit card and a personal credit card. And in 30 days, their credit report is showing a 150 point decline in their credit score. So if I had the option, if those were the only options, I would rather them use the cash and then learn about these other options that will help protect that credit score as an intangible asset. But um, really good point. Really, really good point on on what to use and what happens when you use the wrong form or the not the 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 worst of the two forms, right? Right. So let's right. let's talk about that drawing a line in the sand, right? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when you when you get some financing on your business side, they want a personal guarantee. I think that's different than taking personal money and funding it into your business or personal lines of credit. Uh, credit right. cards and and so on to do that. So let's talk right. about drawing a line, um, and yeah. and how does one do that? How does one really draw that line and keep their personal credit separate from their business credit? Well, I think it's first of all is understanding that that's an option. So I use um, let's say you go to a bank. Everybody's heard of Bank of America. Pick a bank. If you go into your your favorite bank and apply for a credit card, you can apply for a a card under your personal name, which will have a personal guarantee. And that line will show up on your personal credit profile. Um, Whether you actually draw on it or not, it will be in there as a, as a, as a line. Um, Once you start using it, it will it will impact your credit score one way or the other, but it will be in there and it will be available to you. You can also set up an LLC or a or a corporation, a a corporate structure, 
and apply for a line of credit. And, and let's make that quick distinction. People say, well, that's just a credit card. A credit card is a bank line of credit. And um, banks will issue a, a secured line of credit or they'll issue an unsecured line of credit. You have to qualify. The qualifying criteria are different for each one. But typically, the unsecured line of credit is done in the form of a credit card. So that's mm -hmm. just the spending mechanism that you use, but it's a line of credit. People will say to me, oh, that's just a credit card. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, but that's a line of credit that that they give you. And the card is just the mechanism that they give you to help you to use it. But going back to that, when you apply, you can apply in the name of the corporate structure. And sometimes they'll have a personal guarantee. Sometimes they won't. But the goal would be to have a business line of credit that is in the name of the corporate structure. And that line will not show up on your personal credit report. And now you have funding available to you that is not that is giving helping you fund your business, invest in early marketing, invest in supply purchase, and you're not inhibiting the uh, your personal credit score, which if you started out strong, if you don't do that the right way, your score will go down very quickly and a lot. Um, so I it's bet. the way to have that spending and not uh, and protect your personal credit. I love that. And it's so important because, you know, businesses, businesses thrive and they fail all the time. And so if it fails, mm -hmm. you really don't want to take your personal life down with it. Um, so right. I like that drawing the line in the sand. And I love the clarity of saying one is secured and one is unsecured and unsecured just happens to have a plastic card with it. <laughs> That's right. So. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, great. So people let me, take it let me, for granted. Uh, all you the can time. Just go get a credit card. And there, the there are strategies around that. But yeah, go ahead. Love it. So so let's let's talk a little bit about credit scores since you brought that up. Um, we understand mm -hmm. most people understand the personal side of credit scores. You got a quote FICO score and it's yeah. rated by different companies. How does business yeah. rate your credit? Oh, great question. Uh, so like you said, there are FICO scores that are that are uh, monitored by different credit bureaus. There are also those at least one of those credit bureaus has a business credit um, bureau uh, scoring mechanism, and it's the Experian Intelliscore. Um, and then the Dun & Bradstreet has a credit score called Paydex. And a lot of people say, oh, well, yeah, I have a Dun & Bradstreet's number, so that must be what you're talking about. No, there's the Dun & Bradstreet number, and then there is a Dun & Bradstreet Paydex score, mm. which is a business credit score. So we're all familiar with uh, FICO, the FICO scoring, which, by the way, there are multiple types of models within FICO, and every institution decides, do they want version 8, version 9, et cetera. So there's different scoring algorithms, even within your credit profile. Wow. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. So everybody knows or people generally know if you have an 800 FICO score, that's good. If you have a 450 FICO score, that's bad. So in Paydex, um, the scoring is zero to a hundred. So a hundred is the the top Paydex score. But as long as you get to eighty or so, seventy five, eighty, you have what's deemed a solid business credit score. Okay. Um, 
Yep. That that's the, the contrast between FICO and just say Paydex. And so and so how does that score how hard is it to get that score up there? Do you have to have different types of credit lines and and longer mm-hmm. histories and you know um there's many tricks and skills to to get your FICO side up on the personal side, but it's very right. um it's very kind of behind the curtain on the business <laughs> side of how to really get that score up. So so you wow, are capable true. of walking into a bank or a lender and saying, Hey, I need a line of credit because I want to buy some equipment or I want to, you know, uh I want to build out um something that I want, you know, to grow the company with. And it's always <laughs> seems like it's, you know, behind that curtain. Uh it First of all, lending itself, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I've grown to understand lending and I'm a lender and a financing advisor. But one of the things I don't like about the industry is that it's a very opaque process. You're not going to be able to walk into your local bank and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Loan Officer, can you tell me exactly what the criteria is that I need to uh, to to hit to me, in order yeah. to 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 get a line of credit from you. They're I promise they're going to hem and haw and not really give you a solid answer. They're not going to have a checklist. That checklist is built into their algorithms, but they they may not even know all of them exactly. So it's it's unfortunately a very opaque process. Um, so, but I would say that it's it's uh, it's similar. The strategies for building business credit are, are similar to what you do with personal credit. Okay. You want to you want to have lots of it. Um, and the other thing is it's important as in any lending situation, every lender has their own criteria. And some of them are more generous, some are more uh conservative and under understanding whether you are talking to a generous lender or a more conservative lender is the skill set that you it's hard to get but um understanding that helps you understand your borrowing position but having that uh having lots of credit having strong personal credit mm-hmm. uh, are a couple of the, the the foundations. So I really say there are two gateways to building business credit. The first gateway is having strong personal credit. Rule of thumb, 680, 700. If you get to there and then even more, then you're probably going to qualify somewhere for some business credit as long as you also have some other income. And two, um, having lots of personal credit. When I was younger, I heard this myth that uh, you want to have not very much personal credit because uh, it makes you look like you're going out on a limb too far. But Mm -hmm. I tell people to strengthen your borrowing position, have lots of personal credit. Um, I tell people $60,000 minimum in personal lines of credit will help position you for qualifying for business credit. And then two, just building lines of credit, whether it's through bank financing or through what we call corporate trade lines. Mm. Um, And so what does that mean? I use the example Home Depot. When you walk into Home Depot, you can apply for a credit card. Is that credit card in your personal name or is it in your business name? 
if you're borrowing, if you're applying for a credit card in the business name, you'll have spending power at Home Depot that does not report to your personal credit. So having lots of vendor trade lines will uh, start to build that foundation and credit begets credit. So that that's a great idea on how to do that, but I think I think the caution we want to do because if I'm a if I'm a marketing consultant, let's just throw something out there. If I'm a marketing consultant and I have a Home Depot card, I'm often not going to do business expenses at Home Depot. So how do I get that card up? I don't want to use personal expenses on that Home Depot because then I'm I'm crossing that line in the sand by Absolutely. mixing personal and business sides. So how would a marketing company that's not building um, a house mm-hmm. go and use Home Depot <laughs> for for credit well you might not but it's important to understand that credit begets credit Mm. so there is a in, in the world of vendor trade lines the there when you're doing business with a a company you're doing business and you may not know which pop which bucket they're in but you're doing business with a company that reports those transactions to a credit bureau or they don't. Mm. If you go into your local Hallmark store, um, I don't know why I came up with that, but if you go into there, you're going to do business with them and they're not going to report that activity to a credit bureau. But if you go into, um, if you use an auto, a fuel card, or if you go into Home Depot, they're going to, and you use that line of credit, they're going to report that either Mm -hmm. to FICO, if it's personal, or to Paydex, if it's not personal, if it's business. So uh, understanding that and, and in the world of vendor trade lines, though, the industry has figured out who reports and who doesn't. And then they've mm-hmm. broken those into those companies into four tiers. And, and uh, so you, you, you start with finding those companies that, that are in tier one, getting some of those trade lines with them that will put notches on your credit profile that show that you're building credit. Nice. And so you may not, and Home Depot isn't in tier one, but let's say it was, you might get a Home Depot card, never intending to use it, but you get it to start to build your profile, which will help you be eligible for future credit, for other credit. Well, in, in Home Depot is a great ex- example, but I think there's there's also, you can use Costco Business, you know, you can use uh, Staples or, or Office Depot, you can use regular companies that you make regular purchases at for, yeah. for your business line. Um, even if it's occasional purchases, it doesn't have to be, you know, putting tires on your car or or those kind of things. But if you drive a lot of your car for business, then you can have a business line with an uh, a tire company when you go to replace the tires on your car because you're using your car for a percentage of your business. So I love right. thinking this through and having this kind of idea to to have it and and use it as alternatives. This is really right. fantastic, Carl, to be able to come yeah. in and and share some ideas on how to build that credit. So now that we have the credit built, right? Mm-hmm. And we're growing the company or growing the business credit, we're we're picking up our paydex score and yeah. um 
And I think you mentioned there was another score with uh, Experian. Uh, experience score. So we're building uh, those scores up. Does it take a long time or could it be built up in a matter of a few months? Well, it 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 depends on what your goals are, but it mm -hmm. can start pretty effectively if okay. if you have uh and the way I explain it is we're all on a credit building mountain. We're mm -hmm. all on a mountain and it's important to understand where you are on that mountain. You're never you're probably never going to get to the top. You're always just building your credit. It's a lifelong exercise. It's a but lifelong exercise. It really sure. is. It's a lifelong exercise to stay on the slope, not go backwards and to continue building. Um, and once you understand this, and once you understand where you are on that mountain, and then it's just a matter of continuing to build. And and it, it all... I, I keep coming back to the phrase, credit begets credit. Mm. And and you just continually build this foundation of credit, which will help you become eligible for more credit and potentially eligible for um, other financing needs Love outside it. of lines of credit. Let me ask you, let me ask you a kind of an oddball question because so I'm the business owner and I have mm -hmm. a company and my company is, I've had it for a couple of years, but after a few years, I close that company up or I sell that company and I start a new company. Does yeah. that credit, that business credit follow me or does it follow the company? Great question. It is going to stay with that LLC. Actually, okay. that's important to understand. If you sell, if you have a line of credit that is that is tied to that LLC and then you sell that business, then it could become a financing, uh, a part of that transaction because it's not tied to your personal name. It's tied to the the federal, uh, federal employer ID number. So it. it is a corporate structure line of credit that stays with that enterprise. So if I've been in business for 25 years, I sell that company and I start a new company, I'm kind of starting all over on my business credit, right? Well, kind of, but kind I of. would certainly, yeah, you you can, you could probably use that credit profile to show the new lender that you have this credit. Plus by then, if you've been in business, you're going to have one, you're going to have income because mm. it's important to understand that you qualify for credit, not just with other business credit, but with strong personal credit and with income. So you're going to have a resume, you're going to have income, you're going to have assets. So you're you're going to be fine after 25 years, but I, I get, I get <laughs> your point. Know. Good to <laughs> know. Well, well, and that, and that's kind of, that's the funny thing is because we're building our personal credit up all our lifelong, right? You know, we, mm -hmm. we got our first credit card at, in college, you know, we're, <laughs> we're doing the things we have. We have ups and downs, life, life issues right. that come in and, and so on, but that stays with us forever. But knowing that that comes and goes with the business, um, that we would have to consider that even if I changed my name, um, or changed companies that I have to start that up again to build off of it. But I've got a foundation that I can leap from, I guess, is is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, by it, it sort of makes sense. If you're building a new business, you also have to build the assets, the intangibles around mm -hmm. that. And this is a part of it. 
Um, it's just that you're going to have the experience to do that and probably the baseline platform to do that a little easier, just like you're going to be able to build that business with the basis of your experience, which will make the learning curve easier. So, um, right. but it, it illustrates the fact that it is business credit, that it's not tied to your name and, uh, and there is an intangible value to that piece. That's fantastic. And I love this because this is when we're growing, um, when we're growing companies, we often need an influx of capital and opportunities mm -hmm. come to those that are prepared. And being prepared means that you have you have lending opportunities in your back pocket. Like you mentioned, you've gotten more money that you need, or you've established a line of credit that you can draw on when mm -hmm. an opportunity to buy equipment or buy supplies or buy a building or invest in something that, that your company needs to be able to grow. And you've got mm -hmm. that credit line built up, you've got accessibility to it. And even more important, you've got the relationships already built with those that you want to borrow money from. So relationships, I know we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this, but I know that that's also a really important piece that you've got your credit, you've got your, 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 your relationships. So you can go over and say, Hey, Carl, I got this opportunity to do this. We've known each other a couple of years. I borrowed and paid back and whatever. Can you give me a quick money on this, right? Um, that becomes a really valuable position too, correct? A absolutely. Whether it is with a specific named loan officer or with um, the bank using their algorithms mm -hmm. um, because they want you to tap into their capital and use it. Um, and they want you to use their capital, not competitive ABC banks capital. So they're going to actually come to you and say, Hey, do you need any more capital? Maybe you give you a line of credit increase. Um, maybe give you some incentive offers to move some debt from one bank to your, to their bank. There's all kinds of options. And it's just important to understand that, uh, how, how all of that builds in. And I talk about the concept of financing positioning. You borrow mm -hmm. from a place of strength, not weakness. So that's mm -hmm. why you need to build from uh, build that credit before you really need it so that you're borrowing from that position of strength. I love it. And I think when you do that, you have more opportunities at lower rates and um, it really opens the door to allow you to be able to grow and scale your company the way you need to um, in the future by setting it up today. So, Carl, this has been mm -hmm. a really interesting conversation that mm -hmm. I know some people may already know, but they probably didn't know and realize the detail to it. And and this, again, is something that they probably don't want to navigate on their own and go reach out mm -hmm. and find some experts to help them with this. So where can listeners find out more about you, about building their credit and being in a position to maybe even buy the building that they're in uh, in the future? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, you can go to my website, www 
InfinityComCapital, C-O-M-M, capital.com, InfinityComCapital.com. On there is my phone number, my email address, uh, an info email address. You can you can get to us pretty easily. My email address is kbaker at InfinityComCapital. Uh, so you can do that. Plus, do you want me to talk about my uh, white papers that I'm... Yeah, if, you, if you've got something that listeners want to grab hold of to get more information, that would be great. Sure. Um, I certainly I'm happy to talk to anybody. A lot of times if it's kind of confusing or an unknown topic, uh, a conversation will help somebody get, you know, some better understanding. So call me, we can would certainly be happy to talk with you. But uh, I do have some white papers that explains the value of business of business credit. So I have I have multiple, but I picked four that I'm going to offer. One is called the 16 best business financing options for your small business, plus a bonus idea. Six benefits of borrowing the right way because you can borrow the wrong way. We talked about that borrowing using your personal credit. Right. Um, the, the silent credit killer, the four biggest credit mistakes small business owners are making and how to fix them. We've alluded to a few of those today. Uh, and the truth about credit card financing, because there are a lot of myths about that. And uh, uh, 20 million people are using credit, 20 million businesses are using credit cards every day. Some are using them the right way. Some are using them the wrong way. So anyway, I have some white papers um, that will be on infinitycom capital forward slash financing reports. And oh, you'll be it. able to download those and, um, and uh, read up on those. Oh, I love it, Carl. That's really valuable information because we just talked about it, but I know people were they're, they're on the treadmill or they're driving their right. car and they may not have a chance to, to really sit down and write down those examples that you gave. But if you've got them already in the white papers, that really makes yeah. it helpful. So thank you yeah. for, for sharing those valuable ideas. Happily. Happy to. Great. Okay. So, um, hey, you know, this is, this is, um, this is what you need to do to grow your business listeners is you've got to have lines of credit. You've got to have opportunity to use my favorite, my favorite term is other people's money, you know, mm -hmm. to grow your company without necessarily selling uh, equity or, or ownership in the company. So there's lots of opportunities to do it. It's necessary. It's essential for growth. And, um, and, and Carl is definitely a wealth of information. So I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. And as I mentioned before, why don't you go ahead and grab my new Profit Booster Playbook packed with five profit uh, boosting strategies and actionable steps that you can help to make 2024 your most profitable year ever. Go grab that at boostingprofit.com for free. Carl and I would love to hear your questions and and feedback. Tell us some. Um, tell us what are the challenges that you're facing in getting credit. Maybe you're you got something that you didn't know, or you just have a question that you're unsure about. Hit us up in the comments here. Tell us tell us that question, and Carl and I will respond to it. And while you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's show. So you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Carl.